Hello, this is Faye. Faye teaches, and I sell Medicare plans. Once again, I have with me Paul Carter, who has been in the insurance business for 46 years. Paul has uh, developed systems for helping others to be successful in business, and Paul has been working with us on this podcast in a series called Why Insurance Agents Fail. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Faye. How are you? I am great. I am great. I am getting through the pandemic. What about you and your family? Same thing. We're getting through the pandemic, and uh, everybody's healthy, thank God, and uh, uh, we get out every day, enjoy the sunshine a little bit, take a walk, of course, have our mouths covered, and take all the precautions. That is, it is very uh, critical that we still take care of ourselves, even though most of us are in some type social distancing. So I'm in Florida and Paul is in Texas and we have, may have different rules about social distancing. However, remember for everyone, take care of yourself, get some sunshine, get out, walk. If you're walking alone, just make sure that you use your mask. And when you're going to the store, don't forget your disposable gloves. Uh, Paul, if you would, let's talk about the three, <clears throat> excuse me, the three reasons uh, insurance agents fail. Can you just review those with us? We'll start with the first two, and today we're going to focus on the third reason. Sure, happy to. Um, over the years, I came up with the three reasons, I think, and there's a lot of little things that go into these three reasons, but basically there's three reasons an insurance agent will fail. Number one, they can't do the job, and that means physically or mentally they can't do the job. And we reviewed that in quite a bit in depth in our first podcast. The second one is they don't know how to do the job. And there's a lot of reasons they may not know how to do the job. Um, in the old days, companies, I think, spent a little bit more time and effort in training their agents on how to be successful. Um, now I think it's a lot of it's up to the agents themselves to kind of teach themselves and to learn from the best. And there's a number of different ways they can learn, like this podcast, on how to do the job. And the last reason that an agent will fail, in my opinion, is they won't do the job. And if they won't do the job, there's not a lot management can help them with. And there's a lot of reasons why they won't do the job. Um, I think a lot of it boils down to one of the reasons that insurance agents become insurance agents, ego. Ego and being overly confident that they know what they're doing. Um, you know, after, as we all start off in the insurance business, if we become successful, we can tend to get cocky. We can tend to, as I say, believe our own press. Um, and we start thinking we're better than maybe we actually are. And because of that, we quit doing what made us successful. 
um, the old saying I like to, to say is it works so well, I quit doing it. Ah, that's, that's true. Um, I think early on, probably in the very first part of this series, uh, you told us a story about how you felt that you were not doing as well as you were doing. And when your manager asked you to look back at your calendar in the weeks that you had success and look at your calendar in the week where you were, you could see that you had stopped doing. You did not have the activity that you had when you were successful. So that is true right down to the bone. If we stop doing what we did to make us successful, then it will certainly diminish. That success will diminish. Very true. You, you know, I've seen a lot of agents where they were failing for whatever reason they were failing. And I brought them into my office to counsel with them. And I'm sure you did the same thing when you were a manager. And they just won't take the advice. You know, I don't know of anyone that's ever been in management who ever counseled an agent to try to get them to fail. Okay, um, that's not management's job. And in most cases in the insurance business, if the agent fails, the manager ultimately fails also. So there's no reason that a manager, a supervisor, a uh, power to be would ever tell any agent to a, a reason, you know, not to counsel them and tell them how to be successful. Um, that's, is you, I'm sure, were the same, Faye. We enjoyed seeing our agents succeed. We enjoyed seeing them take our counsel and learn from us because, not saying we knew everything, but we've been in the business a long time, and we stayed in the business by being successful. So learn from the best. Listen to your management. If they say to you, if a manager says to you, you know, you need to do this or you need to do that, take that as wise counsel. Listen to it. But if you won't do the job, if you won't listen to advice, no matter where the advice comes from, you're going to end up failing. This is so true. Uh, and you, you, you hit it. Right on the head, Paul, there's absolutely no reason for those of us who have been in management and those uh, agency owners, people who actually want to form an agency, it is always good for you to know and remember that this entire business is based on numbers. So if you have people who are working under you and they're independent agents, they're not working for you. They're working for themselves. So first of all, you have to instill in them that entrepreneurial spirit. And they are not all entrepreneurs are not the same. All entrepreneurs are not going to have the same objectives and goals. And all entrepreneurs and all insurance sales agents are not going to want to get to where they need to be. All of it takes work and it takes consistency, but as Paul says, it also takes listening 
and taking advice from those who have been there, done that. You've got to work some system consistently that has proven to work in the past for you to see if that works for you. And that doesn't mean that you cannot tweak it. You can't change it somewhat because look at what we're in today. We all need to change the way that we're doing business. We're not going to someone's door. We're not going in their home and sitting down. And I can remember being trained to look around at the pictures in the living room and, you know, see who the, who the pictures are. And that's how you start a conversation. We're not able to do that. So you change the things, the way that you're doing it, but the process, that actual process of meeting that customer, developing rapport, developing trust, creating a relationship with the customer still remains. Would you not say so, Paul? Oh, I agree 100%. Your customers, your, your clients, their job one. And you have to look at what they want, not what you want to sell them, but on what they need and what they desire and what's going to benefit them. And uh, so your customers are always job one. Yes, the, you know, the process you go through as a new agent, um, you know, hopefully you're learning from your manager or someone else maybe a, a, an agent that's been around for a while, and you learn the process. And over the years, you can develop your own, okay? But there always has to be a work ethic. I used to tell my agents, look, here's what I need you to do, uh, and here's what you should do for yourself and your family. And if you can get that job done in 30 hours a week, God bless you go home and enjoy yourself. But if it takes 80 hours a week, then that's what you need to do. Um, as you're in the business longer, you become better at the job. And better at being better at the job and learning more, you re can reduce the amount of hours you work. When I first started working, I was probably working 65, 70 hours a week. But that's what it took for me to be successful. And if it takes that and you want to be successful in this business, then that's what you need to do. But when I, at the end of my career as an agent, as a direct selling agent, living on 100% commissions, I was probably only working 30 hours a week, maybe 35 hours a week, because my skills had become such that I didn't have to work that 60 and 70 hours a week anymore. But it took time, and it took effort, and it took training, and it took learning to get to that point. I think that's that's a good good point. Uh, we all look at the successful agents who perhaps work, um, as an example, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. They have a long weekend. They are with their families. They're at the beach. They're at the golf course. They have a lot of family time. They travel. They do a lot of things. These successful agents have already put in the work. So they're not in that third part 
where they won't do the work. They have actually done the work. They put in the work. And now they have their processes in such a position that they're able to let those processes successfully work for them. This is where every insurance agent wants to be. So I, I in, in wrapping up our three-part series, Paul, I, I think what your message is to be physically fit and able, keep, keep our bodies strong uh, and healthy, watch out for our own health, uh, be mentally equipped, keep the right mindset so that we are always looking at the positive. It doesn't, it doesn't help the individual or anyone around the individual and anyone in their structure to look at what the negative might be, to always look at the positive. And then of course, to learn, continually learn, join organizations that will help like uh, National Health Underwriters Association or any of the insurance associations. And nowadays, because we're using social media, there are tons of groups that are on Facebook, that are on Instagram, that are on Twitter, that you can join. We can learn things from Quora. There are plenty, there's a lot of information available to an individual who is starting their business now so that we will know how to do the business. And then finally, be prepared to actually go out and work and do what it takes to do the business. What would be the final thought that you have for us, Paul? I think it boils down to if you want to be successful in the business, and I mean if you truly want to be successful in the business, then keep your mind right, um, as you said. You know, stay positive. Um, don't associate with the negative people, the, you know, the naysayers that, oh, gee, it's a horrible job. I think of them kind of like Eeyore in the Winnie the Pooh series. Um, Eeyore was always everything was bad. No, not everything was bad. Not everything is bad all the time. Um, I remember many, many years ago, I was managing a group of agents, and the company we were with had uh, some really negative things said about them on the national news. Um, and, you know, maybe it wasn't justified, but there was a lot of negativity going around at that point. And uh, some of the agents were all doom and gloom. Everything was bad. Like I said, I, I looked at them kind of like Eeyore in the Winnie the Pooh series. And so mm -hmm. one day I came into the office and I had a meeting with everyone and I pulled up a big blackboard. We had blackboards back then, not the whiteboards. And I said, okay, I want to know from everybody in this room every single reason why we cannot be successful today. And it took them a while but they finally started giving me all the negative reasons. And I wrote them on the board. I wrote them, I filled up both sides of the chalkboard. And then I looked at them and I said, okay, there's the front door, let's all go ahead and leave. 
And they looked, at me, <laughs> they looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, no, seriously, with all this negative stuff, we all need to leave. We need to quit. Obviously, we can't do this job. And they all uh. for a minute. And then I erased everything. And I said, okay, we know why we can't do the job. Let's figure out why we can do the job. And I said, mm -hmm. I want to know why we can. And they started giving me reasons they could and the positive reasons. And I started writing all those down until, again, I'd filled up both sides of the chalkboard. So, it, uh -huh. again, that glass of water, half empty, half full, or maybe it's just right. Yes, yes. It just could be if it's half full or half empty, it's the starting point, right? Correct. Oh, that's great, Paul. Thank you so much. I think you gave us um, a mantra when we first started um, that you generally live by. Do you have another uh, mantra that keeps you going even now? Yeah, with, with, with all the COVID and the panic people are faced with, with this disease, and hopefully none of your listeners or their families are affected by it, um, you know, I, I was, I, I was a Vietnam vet and one of the things when I came back, I, I said to myself, and I still try to say it when everything looks horrible, I said, you know what, if they're not shooting at me, it just ain't real serious. <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> I remember you telling me that one. Thank you so much, Paul. It has been such a pleasure just to hear from you again. And I am so grateful that you were able to share the things that you've learned over your span and your professional lifetime of how we all as insurance agents can better ourselves and be successful. So even though our title was why insurance agents fail, the information that you've given us is actually to tell us how we can succeed. Thank you so much. And thank you all listeners for listening once again to I Sell Medicare Plans. I am looking forward to having you as our weekly guest and listeners. Uh, we have coming soon a guest who will uh, is a self-made millionaire. His name is Alan Brown. He's written several books, and he's going to be with us to tell us how we can set those goals and change and fix that mindset of ours to do whatever it is that we want to do in life. Thank you again, Paul. Have a good evening and a good day, and give your wife my regards. I will. And to all your listeners, good selling. Thank you. Thank you.